what we depend on is just momentary feeding at corporate gatherings, um, then we really, we're not going to make it. All right? That's not the way Christianity was ever put together. Um, and, and we have been talking about some really heavy things, some really deep things. And hopefully you've been filled more with God. That, that's the goal is I think the gospel we hear. Remember, one of the things we've been talking about is the gospel you believe will determine the disciple you become. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that all Christians believe is the gospel you currently believe is the right gospel. I, I think we all carry that kind of arrogance with us is, well, my way is the right way. And, and are, are you saying that my preacher or my church leader, that, that they're not teaching the right gospel? I'm saying we have to go back to the Bible. Yeah. We've got to examine and we've got to do it. And sometimes it takes courage. And there are parts of every one of us sitting here that will find, wow, the gospel that I'm currently living in, maybe, I may be subscribing to something that isn't what Jesus called me to. And this has nothing to do with church. This can just be your culture. We see this in the Old Testament is the Jews practiced Judaism, but they also started practicing what others around them did as well. And they felt like, hey, this is fine. Like we're still doing like the Jewish thing, but we're just adding on other things too that may be also fine, all right? Um, and so we've got to examine. Uh, we, we have to be in a place where w when we're like confronted with the word of God, um, there really should be, like the norm for all of us, um, should be either like a level of repentance, um, and that may even include, like you may be sitting here and going, you want to know what? I, man, I was following a different gospel, and I, I thought I started following Jesus, and I never really started following Jesus. Like I like the fact that he saved me from my sin, and I want to go to heaven. And that's the reason I got baptized into Christ. Except that's not the gospel. That's a false gospel, actually. Unfortunately, we have that today. Where it's like, no, but if you just get baptized. That's a, that's a false gospel. All right. The, the true gospel is that God died and rose again. And he does save us. And he saves us so that we can, therefore, help others become disciples. Okay. One of the most concise scriptures I know of that describes this is Matthew 4.19. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. All right. And unfortunately, sometimes we, we, we enter into like a covenantal agreement with God with no concern whatsoever that we'll ever actually make a disciple. But that I just want to go to heaven. We have to repent of that. Okay. We have to repent. I'm learning something about God as we go through this because I feel a deeper sense of transformation than I've felt really in years in my own life as I've studied this out. And everything becomes more and more difficult. I can go, wow, these are like really heavy to practice in my life. And I start reading and I'm thinking, you know what God is doing and I'm learning this more and more? He's doing things that I don't like him doing. You know, God lets people into heaven and he forgives people that I don't want him to do that with. I don't want him. Like, I want the good people to go to heaven and the bad people to not go to heaven. I want the people that have done my friends wrong to not go. 
And I want the people who are really trying hard, even if they're not like doing it that great, I want them to go. And it's really interesting is, is God is, is, is throwing me a little bit of a boomerang here, okay? I'm kind of like, whoa, well, hold on, I'm not sure how to, how to go at this here, okay? Because, you know, you read about the prodigal son, and we read about that. The prodigal son, about the younger brother. And unfortunately, and, and this is for all of us to, listen, we've got to get out of like the veggie tale Bible. Right? Right? Are, are you with me on that? Like, we have to get out of the veggie tale Bible. Which is like, oh, the prodigal son, it was so cute that he went and ate the pods of the pigs. And, and then he came back, and he got this robe, and it was, man, isn't that a really great story? Except it's a tragic story, and it's a filthy story, and it's a story that if the prodigal son was one of our younger brothers, and we were home in righteousness, doing what we're supposed to do, doing what we're called to do with our father, being the good child, only to see him come back and be rewarded, it's not cute any longer. Like he went and squandered his wealth on prostitutes. He went and squandered his wealth. All that he was given, you're going, you did that? Look how I treated dad, though. All right? See, to me, I'm going, hold on. The older brother got the short end of the stick. Right? I mean, at least he was trying to do the right thing. Except the prodigal son was the one who, it's like he got it. See, when we, won't, when we don't veggie tail the Bible, it's filthy and dirty and real. And it will challenge mine and yours judgment and preconceived notions. And it will hopefully break us out of the church and the steeple and this clean group of people that if we can just make the outside look clean enough, we'll fool God. But that's not the race we're running. That may be the race you're, you're running. Maybe that's the race we've chosen to run. But that's not the race that God said, hey, he could follow me. No, 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 no. I'm going to call the prodigal son. And the older brother's not on that race. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever thought, man, I'm more like the older brother? I have. I look at that, I'm like, I'm more like the older brother. And that's fine. That's fine to be honest intellectually about that. Except the fact that I came to that conclusion doesn't make it okay for me to stay that way. Like sometimes I think we feel like because we've confessed that, that it's okay to stay that way. Like God's going to now bring the older brother along. No, the older brother doesn't come along. All right? That may be stunning to you because you're like, but I confessed it. But I was so like, gosh, that comment I made was so deep and insightful. And look how humble I am. And God's going, no, 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 no. Be like your messy little brother who figured it out. Who figured it out, right? I don't like that, right? The prodigal son. The woman caught in adultery again. She's like, you know, all of us love the woman caught in adultery because we're like, yes, yeah, look at what she did. We're going, Hold up a minute. If we ran into her on the street, we would not go and embrace her. Okay. There was a family that was destroyed by this woman and this man. Do you feel that way? When you hear about that, when you hear about infidelity, or you're like, oh, my heart goes out to the adulterer because, oh, Jesus is so great. We think, you did what? You broke apart a family with children? <laughs> but the woman caught an adulterer. We kind of feel like that's a license for us. Like, oh, look at what Jesus is doing. He's so, like, showing the morally superior guys. 
And she's this, and I'm going, hold on a minute. We wouldn't do that, okay? There's a side of her going, Jesus, really? This is who you're building your church on? Does our church look like this? Like, like for real. I mean, I'm like, man, I don't know. Do I hang out with people like this? Zacchaeus, right? Veggie tail, right? Short man, climbed a tree. You know, it's cute. Little short guy climbing a tree. That's the cutest thing in the world. Except Zacchaeus was robbing families in his town. That's what he did. That's how he made his money. He extorted you and your family for his gain. Okay? How you like that? Jesus to come into town, and there's the extortionist, and he says, I'm coming to your house for dinner. No, 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 no. I'm not coming to that family. Yeah, I know you guys are good. I'm not coming to your house. Zacchaeus gets me. But he's in, extor- he's in your church too. Dude, he, he didn't even go through the study series. <laughs> so we got a prodigal. We got a dude who's, who, who squandered the entire fortune on prostitutes. We've got a woman that's destroyed a family. We've got Zacchaeus that has extorted an entire village, and that's the church of Jesus Christ. And they're going, but what about the good families? And what about the older brother? What about all the people that look clean, the people we want to be in heaven? Barabbas? Right? As you're going, hold on a minute. We wanted that guy. He's a, I know he's like all, but no, no, no. We, you see what I'm talking about? Going, how is that fair? Paul, again, we, we see the, the Christian Paul. Like, man, I want to be like Paul. I want to go around and like start all these churches and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you show up at the church and you're like, that's the dude that, that got my parents killed. And that, he's going to preach to me. Like, who made him the church leader? For real? How's that fair? Like, we've been doing the right thing all along. And now this dude comes in, like, from where? Like, where's he coming from? And he's going to walk in my church after killing my family? I'm not listening to that guy. Except that's who's in Jesus' church. No, 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 no. I want the guy who has it all on straight. I want the guy who's been right like me, like clean on the outside. I don't want the dirty guy. Right? These are people. It doesn't, this bothers me that Jesus has these people in his church. Because what I want deep down is like, no, I want the clean people. I want all the, like, we look like, you know, we say the right words. Like, you know, some of you guys, like, think I'm kind of ridiculous because I get, like, weird about our church culture vocabulary. Let me share with you why. The vocabulary becomes what's important instead of the gospel like if you know the vocabulary you must be a christian it's birthday challenge struggle kingdom right i I mean we've had that here in this church like we've we've had a young lady come out and visit and and afterwards somebody stopped her and said hey where do you go to church and she said something like timbuktu like, like someplace like nowhere we've ever heard of and they're like aren't you with us and she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you know our songs. <laughs> As she said, thanks, that's the last I'll be here. <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're saying to me. Like, your songs? Like, I grew up hearing these songs. No, 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 no. It, this is the conversation. No, these are our songs. <laughs> and I'm going, hold on a minute here. 
You, you see, that's why. So, so as silly as it may sound when I rail against like a lingo and a vocabulary, because sometimes you go, you're a Christian because you know these words. You're a Christian because you know these songs. And I say, no. Christians follow Jesus in their life. You could sing all the right songs and have all the right vocabulary and all of the right kind of whatever lingo. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So do you see, this is a really weird church. Could you imagine planting this church? (laughs) Could you imagine this team planting a church? I want to talk to you a little bit about O'Shea Israel, though, because he's not in the Bible. So when O'Shea Israel was 16 years old, he murdered a young man. And that young man's mother has befriended O'Shea. And in fact, they're neighbors now. O'Shea has served his prison sentence, and the murdered boy, his mom, loves O'Shea, and they're neighbors, and they take care of one another. It's not like, no, I forgive him, and I'm going to go on with my life. No, no, no. We actually work together to help go places to teach people about Jesus. Could you imagine that? You, You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of, like, really like great YouTube videos. And, and the ones that seem to resonate most with our culture today are the ones that talk about the scandalous grace of Jesus, what a scandal it is. And it is, isn't that great to use that word until the scandal comes home? Like it's scandalous, but then you're going, hold on a minute, how's that fair? Like, really? Like, like it's fair, like the mom, like, <laughs> dude, that's ridiculous. When it becomes like, really? you mean she loves him? but he killed her son. He murdered her young son. And and she didn't just say like spitefully, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to forgive him. It's like, no, we're going to actually become friends with one another. And I'm going to love you like you're one of my own sons. And we're going to work together. That's that right there. Can you imagine seeing that? Marie Monville, her husband, in 2006, um, tied up 11 girls in an Amish schoolhouse and shot every single one of them and killed five of them. And then he killed himself. He was a milkman. He delivered to the families. This was his wife, Marie. In the wake of that incident, do you know what the Amish village did? They immediately went to her to comfort her in her loss. That's not fair. (laughs) I mean, do you have any care at all about your own community? They raised money for her family. They, They raised money for her family. The Amish community outnumbered their family at his funeral. That's a scandal. That's not just like, oh, I forgive them and move on. All right? That's like real rubber meeting the road. I follow Jesus. That's real stuff where you're going, hold on a minute. Yes, what, what, I'm, what, what they didn't say was, hey, what you did was okay. But what they did say is we follow Jesus. All right? What they, that's what they did say. That's what they did do. I mean, these are difficult things right here. And you're going, wow, that's incredible. I just finished reading a book on the conversion of Jeffrey Dahmer. 
So Jeffrey Dahmer was baptized in prison. Um, he studied the Bible, repented, was baptized, actually reached out to his fellow prisoners to help them become disciples. And the man who baptized him and then after that weekly got together with Jeffrey for six months. He lived six more months and he was killed in prison. Um, he wrote this book and he said the number of Christians that communicated with him and said, if Jeffrey Dahmer's in heaven, I don't want to go to heaven. All right, this is like, this is real stuff. This is like beyond, this is really what Jesus is calling us. What I'm talking about today is honestly, this isn't even, shouldn't even be a sermon because it's not like, hey, okay, here, let me show you how I figured this out and what is, no, no, no. This is so impossible to do. It, it's impossible to do without Jesus. It's impossible to do. You cannot fake this kind of stuff, Okay. And what Jesus would do is, what was amazing about how Jesus taught was Jesus would teach us and teach the people with what was right in front of them right there. That's what we love about him is he brought things into the forefront. He did bring Zacchaeus up front. Can, can you imagine that? Jesus, could you imagine, would you be angry if you were in that community? And you're like, I, what would you say about Jesus? What would you say about following Jesus? Would you not like him anymore? Would you question his integrity? Question his judgment? I think we would. I think that would be where we are, okay? Don't you love this, though? Psalm 103. We could take a, 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 like a, a show of hands. It says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Isn't that one of the greatest things you've ever heard before? Isn't that one of the absolutely greatest things is that as we sit right here, he says he doesn't, God himself does not treat us as our sins deserve. God himself says, I will not repay you according to your sin. And remember, against him, not just generalized sin. He's going, no, no, no. I won't treat you that way, and I won't repay you that way. Like, sit on that for just a second. Isn't that incredible? God himself is saying this. Matthew 4, 19, and we'll see this again, is remember Jesus when he says, follow me. This is what he's talking about. Follow me, because this is how I'll treat people. But, but Jesus, aren't you going to overthrow the government, said Simon the Zealot. And if you don't, I don't like you anymore. If you don't do what I want you to do, and Jesus is like, no, no, no. Be very clear, all of us in here. Who am I following in this race? Because Jesus is saying things, to, and I'm learning them, that I'm going, I don't know how much I like you saying that. Okay, now if you're talking about me here, I like that, right? Yeah. I mean, all, if you're just talking about me or you're just talking about anyone in this room, I'm like, amen. That's awesome. I love that. I love Christians all over the world to get this. Except there's a message that Jesus does send through Paul in Romans. And he says, here's the deal. While you were depraved 
and in your sin and dirty and, 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 and totally covered in, in like fighting against me, that's when I died for you. Like we hear that a lot. Sometimes we forget that we're going, hold on a minute. <laughs> he didn't wait for me to do something good. He's like, no, you mean people who are treating me like with contempt? Like I don't exist? Like they're not trying. And then that's when he died for me and you. That's when he died. I'm really, I'm using this for one reason. I'm wondering, like really, truthfully, where are the Christians? For real. I ain't seen it on Facebook. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not talking about saying negative things. I'm talking about like, Liking things to get a message across. I'm talking about things that aren't what Jesus would do, okay? And not even bad things. I'm wondering, like, we were moved by O'Shea Israel and the mother of the murder victim. We were moved by the Amish community. We were moved by a Jesus who were able to go into communities and take the worst people and say, no, y'all are in my church. And somehow, somewhere, Christianity in America has embraced this idea that we have to somehow wreak vengeance on people that don't believe what we believe. I don't understand that. And we're doing it in the name of moral superiority. And we're going, if those people would just understand, if those guys, man, those people that voted for Trump are such racist, if they just understood, and how offended would he be if Jesus walked into the community and said, that's the guy I want, because he gets me. I'm, I'm serious, like, we cease to follow Jesus when we when we make religion into something else a a political a social agenda a political agenda instead of thinking what would jesus do and going hold on you know what he didn't treat me the way my sins deserve and he doesn't repay me why do i feel like i have to do that and why do i feel like that's what jesus would do here's what i want all of us to do if that's what you want then great, go for that. Please don't say you're following Jesus. Please don't say you're following Jesus. While I was still like wretched, Christ died for me. But I'm going to spew hatred. Even for a good cause, it's wrong. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't try to figure my politics out. There's no way you can, okay? Don't try to, oh, see, he must have voted for that guy. Or he must, no, 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 no. I'm just saying this is Bible. And going, okay, here's what I have to do is I have to ask, what would my Lord do to this person? That's what I do. I have to do it. And when I don't do it, you want to know what? I have to repent of that. And can you imagine, we're okay now that we've talked about it. We're like, yeah, Zacchaeus and prodigal son. Oh, yeah, I got you. I see where you're going. You know, if, if you're on the conservative side, you're going, oh, those guys that voted for Clinton, blah, 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 and those guys that voted for Trump are such and such. And I'm going, wow, that's interesting. 
We were kind of down with Zacchaeus being in the church a second ago. We were down with the woman caught in adultery being in the church a second ago. You know, we're okay because they lived like 2,000 years ago. But what about the racist that walks through the door right now? What about the guy sitting amongst us going, it's just racist? What about those of us that are sitting among us? We're just morally superior to everyone. Like if they just knew what I knew. I love everyone. What if the homophobic person comes in? What if the homosexual person comes in? What if, you know, and that's the thing about this. Are they going to come to the church of Zacchaeus and the prodigal son and all that? Or are they going to come to the church of... Now, see, being right, like what I think is right, trumps righteousness. I don't want to be a part of the church of Zacchaeus. Jesus was wrong. Because Zacchaeus automatically, right, immediately... Right, he, he changes conservative political views to the left wing, uh, liberal point of view, right? That's what he did. Like immediately, didn't he do that? Immediately Zacchaeus became like perfect in his righteousness. Jesus is like, no, 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 here's what I want you to do. Come and follow me. Because you're going to mess up, but you're going to be following me. And you're going to see how I can help you through that. And it's not the end of the world when you do that. It's not a matter of, sometimes we think we found it. We've, we're stationary in our salvation. And Jesus is like, no, I'm okay with being messy as long as you're following me. Okay? It's that idea of like, oh, okay, Jesus, I'm following you. And, oh, man, I really messed up here. Well, keep following me because I'm going to teach you about repentance and forgiveness and all these things. These are two words that, wow, should just like, they're, they're words that to all of us, are intellectual, but for us to run the race and to run a race of, of being filled with joy and faith and patience and kindness, to us, for us to run that race, these two qualities have to sink so deeply into our hearts. Grace and mercy. Grace, hey, you, you're receiving something good that you didn't deserve. Uh, we could make that list, right? Like, okay, what am I getting every day? Like every breath I take, it's God going, <laughs> I'm giving you that. That's my air. <laughs> You're using my lungs. Like I'm allowing your diaphragm to pull your lungs out and to suck air in and all of that craziness. I'm going to let that happen. Mercy is that you don't receive the bad that you deserve. All of us have received grace and mercy lavished on us. These are just the words of Jesus. We're going to go through this. I want you to write them down. I want you to think. So in everything, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Okay. Do to others. Say to others. Treat others the way you would want them to treat you. So when you mess up really bad, how would you like to be treated? When you say the wrong thing, how do you want to be treated? When you believe the wrong thing, how do you want to be treated? Do, do you like being treated like you're stupid? <clears throat> like you have no clue? Like you're purely evil? Like every thought in your mind is evil? Do you, do you like that? All right. And remember, grace and mercy isn't saying sin is okay. Grace and mercy is saying this is how I treat you. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. If you want context of Philippians 2, this is describing Jesus. 
I don't follow that Jesus. See, because here's the thing is, is if I say I'm a Christian, then this has to be what I live by. That means value others like who others? What about the person you don't like online, on Facebook, on social media, the person who's hurt you, the person who's like, really value them? Because you know what grace and mercy does? It actually elevates the other person to be in a better place to follow Jesus. You've heard it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. I tell you, love your enemy. That's the Christian ethic. That's the Christian ethic. It's not what I see on Facebook. I don't see this in America. I do not see this. And this isn't like turning a blind eye and going, no, no, let's pretend everything's fine. No, 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 no. There's still a response that's needed, but it's a response that's Christ's response. And, and if we think immediately like, but he turned over tables, that's less than like 1% of the things he did. If that's really what you're going to cling on to, then I'm like, then take the other 99 things. <laughs> but he turned tables. Listen, he wasn't irate like we get irate. He wasn't spewing slander. He wasn't like, he wasn't doing that. And so we've got to ask ourselves, this is why, where we have to make a decision because there may be some of you guys, you've been sitting in church for a long time and you may go, I never started following that Jesus. Like I just wanted my sins forgiven. I didn't follow that Jesus. Like, no, 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 I hate people. I hate people that don't like the Clemson Tigers. Like you, you lose a football game, like I'm going to slander you. You know, USC Gamecocks, I mean, I'm going to slander you over it. And you're just like, really? Like I share with you, when I'm walking out of the Clemson game last week and all of a sudden a loss has somehow like opened the floodgates for all people to treat one another like garbage. And I'm going, wow, here, listen, here's what we need to do as a people is to go, this is our Lord. Because our Lord just told us after a loss, we can treat people. That's our Lord. But it's not Jesus. Because Jesus says, hold up a minute. Treat people the way you would want to be treated. Now, here might be kind of the big thing. Grace and mercy to and for us is for others. Just think about that. Write it down. The same discipleship in Christ for us is discipleship for others. Let me explain what that means. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you and me. Grace and mercy to us is for others. That's the church. A, a church without Zacchaeus and the prodigal son and the woman caught in adultery, all that, and a church that we just kind of, we, we vet everyone that comes in. We make you sit through all of these things and make sure that you look a certain way before you come in here. Instead of simply doing what Jesus said, and if you want to follow Jesus, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Because it's hard to follow Jesus. And Jesus is going to ask religious people to do things they don't want to do. 
<laughs> and the people that the religious people don't like, he's going to let them in first. And he said, but here's the thing is, just as I've forgiven you, I've given me and you grace and mercy, so now you will extend grace and mercy to those around you. Family, roommates, church, extended family, friends who aren't Christians. Are they reaping this because that's truly discipleship? That truly is discipleship. It's not attending church. It truly is discipleship. So if you're looking and you're going, oh, hold on a minute. I actually try to get away from like that dirty people. Like, I don't want people to see me around people that sin. They might think I'm not doing good spiritually. And then I'm going to have to like get discipled on that. Instead of like, you all know what? Every one of us in here, you have somebody in Luke 10. You have a person of peace in your life. You have somebody that just likes to be around you because there's something about you. There's something in the Holy Spirit that's in you that has drawn them to you. But I think so often we want to make the outside look so clean and be so careful that we don't just say, no, no, follow me. And Jesus even started out before that. He said, no, come and see. Like, hey, come, come around. You may feel uncomfortable about this, but come around. Come and see. And then Jesus said, follow me now. This is the big one. Grace and mercy to us is for others. God giving me and you grace and mercy is for others. Follow me. That's grace. Like, I'm going to let you follow me. <laughs> you filthy scoundrels. You're going, well, you know, somebody told me uh, a few weeks ago, he we sat down, he said, here's what bothers me about what's going on. There was no racism in the first century church. Like, what? That was all that was in the first century church. That's what Jew and Gentile is. Okay? And he told Peter, follow me. Now, I want you to think about this. I know we love Peter. And he may beat me up when we all get into heaven for even saying this, except it's in the Bible, okay? Peter went to Cornelius' house, a Gentile. I want you to picture that in today's terms. He went to Cornelius' house, and he knocks on the door, and he says, Cornelius. Cornelius says, welcome. And Peter said, let me tell you something before I come in your home. God doesn't want me in your home because you're dirty. Like spiritually. That's what he said. I mean, you're going to Acts chapter 10. He's like, the Lord has commanded me not to go under your roof because of your uncleanness. Can you imagine that today, in today's term? The Christian going and knocking on the door and going, and then, uh, I just wanted to let you know this, that, you know, God has told me, and he says some kind of like totally insensitive, like racial thing. You'd be like, what the heck are you? Who, you're not at Jesus, church. And, and Peter's like, actually, he's just ignorant. He's like, I, believe me, God dealt with Peter. <laughs> okay. But Cornelius is like, no, no, come on. <laughs> Cornelius is, is the spiritual one in the, in the, oh, no, 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 come on into my house. It's okay. <laughs> right, no, let, we'll get you a cup of tea. All right. But the thing about this is, this is the thing right here is, is follow me. We think Peter had like some great, like, oh, he was so awesome and so righteous and so perfectly pure. And Jesus is like, no, that dude. Now, he was so, I sent him to a people that he was so insensitive to. Like he had no clue. In fact, the chapter before he was arguing with God. Because God was like, no, no, all this stuff is clean. Like this food is clean. He's like, no, no, you're wrong, God. But that's kind of like us, isn't it? No, 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 no. That person, no, no. If they came to church, you know. 
No, this is it. This is grace and mercy for others. Follow me, just like follow me. And here's more grace. I'm going to transform you. Okay, I'm not employing you as fishers of men, which sometimes we do this. Like, oh, I follow Jesus. Now I'm employed as a fisher of men. That's not what that says. He says, follow me, and I will make you into a fisher of men. How? Because of the grace and the mercy and the discipleship I pour into you, the world will be like, dang, that church is so different. Whoa. All right? It isn't in employment. Sometimes it's either in employment. Oh, I got baptized. Now I'm a fisher of men. Let me go and crank. That's not the gospel. Follow me. That's grace. No, no, no. You filthy animal. That's Jesus looking at me and you. Going, hey, you filthy animal. I would, no one's going to want you in their church, but you come be a part of my church. And I will transform you into something. Why? Because I'm going to pour every bit of me into you. And you all know what's going to happen? You're going to catch men. People are going to see that and go, that's what I'm looking for. This is so different than just a religious code. Everything he did was from the inside out. Everything he did was from the inside. It's let me stuff you and pour into you all of this grace and mercy and all this kind of stuff. So when we're tempted to lash out, when me and you are tempted to go, no, no, let me put you in your place for being that ridiculous. We're going, hold on a minute. A response may be required. But I'm going to need to respond the way Jesus would respond. And if I don't know what that looks like, I'm not saying a word until I do. I'm not going to say anything until I do, okay? You know what's great about this? What I love about this is I think of how impossible this is. I'm a hothead. I'm that guy. Like you read in Proverbs, it's like, oh, hot-tempered man. And I'm just like, oh, dang. Yeah, there it is. Like what a fool. And all these kind of things is, is things come to my brain and like there's this like, freeway on-ramp directly into my mouth you know and 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 believe me the levels i can go to to justify what i say believe me the lengths i can go to but that is love (laughs) you know one of the things my wife is helping me with more and more and i have you ever had those things where you don't believe that they're really telling you the truth like you ever had somebody tell you that and you're like nah that's not true like, you're just saying that. Like, I really don't believe it. She's like, Keith, you're not gentle. <laughs> Look at y'all laugh because you know it's true. <laughs> you guys know it's true. The joke's on me. <laughs> right? And she's like, no, you're not, Keith. And I'm like, listen, watch this. Next time we have a group of people, watch how gentle she's like. She's looking at me like, really? <laughs> like, wow, that's an interesting definition of gentleness you have there, you know? But in my mind, I can go, no, no, no. But love says, you know, the word is for rebuking and correcting and all this. But it's like, hold on a minute. In everything you do, there's gentleness and faithfulness. And see, I don't like those that much. This lesson, you know what it has taught me? This is impossible to do on my own. I'm at the end of me. I cannot possibly change my behavior on my own this way. There's no way. I'm telling you, it's impossible. I have deeply strong opinions. I believe all of my opinions are right. I do. I believe. Listen, and you might go, well, Keith, I, I, I am right. I didn't vote at all. And, you know, I'm going, well, <laughs> that, the morally superior. You know, it's, it's that idea of 
Hold up a minute. Here's what I've done more of, and it's been so much, is I know I can't live without meditating on God's word. I, there's no way. You said, but it, that's legalistic. You call what you want. I know what changes my heart. <laughs> okay? So you can go on your path. And here's my thing is I'm like, there's no way. I can't not like meditate over and over and over again on Psalm 103, on Ephesians 4, 31. Right? I can't, Matthew 4, 19. Like I need to be doing that all the time because here's the thing is, is I'm that guy. Right? I, I'm the guy. I could, I could show up in most churches and people would be like, he's great spiritually. He's good. Leads the church. He's in the ministry. That's me. I'm that guy. And knowing that, no, 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 no. Listen, man, I can do all of those things and be so far off of following Jesus. And I would fool everyone, and y'all would fool everyone too. And you may even go home over Thanksgiving, and all of your friends would go, you are awesome, you are so spiritual, and you are all those things. And you may be thinking, I don't do anything Jesus asked me to do. But I go to a church. we got to repent of that. I know I need to repent of that. Man, I'll tell you what, people go, well, I don't know. I, I don't know how you get anything out of your Bible in the morning. I'm like, wow, man, when you come to the end of yourself, you're like, I've got to be in my Bible. Like, I need, I've got nothing else to give, right? I have to pray, and not pray just so God does what I want him to do, but I'm just like, God, I'm going to ruin your church if you don't change me. I'm going to go into the world in a way that's going to, you want to know what? Now, here's the thing about this. We think it won't grow the church. Ungrace does grow churches. It, believe me, there's lots of church, unmerciful, ungraceful churches that grow. All right? But it's the idea of this deep, like, this poorness in spirit. Like, I'm like, holy mackerel. God, how do you let me out of my front door in the morning? <laughs> like, seriously, you're putting me into a community? Like, that, I question that logic, you know? And st- unless I'm going, oh, gosh, yeah, okay, here's what I said I was going to follow you. That you got me. <laughs> you got me there. So please change everything about me. Like every way I talk to people and interact with people, change those things so you can be glorified. So people go, man, there might be a lot of people that just get angry. But I want Zacchaeus here because you want to know what? We're like Zacchaeus. And I want the woman caught in adultery and the prodigal son. I want them not to come here and look clean. I want them to come here and follow Jesus. And that may look really, really messy. But when we start giving this back and forth, the grace and mercy we've all received back to one another, back to the world, do you realize this will be the place you want to be? Like, I don't mean Madrid. I mean the kingdom of God. (laughs) The kingdom of God, you're going to go, that's the place I want to be. That's the place. Because of this, grace and mercy, as we run the race, grace and mercy to us is for others. I have to let this sink in, okay? I don't anticipate any of us will walk out and go, wow, I've got it. (laughs) Probably if we do, we probably missed it. (laughs) We're like, man, he was, I'm glad I got this on straight. (laughs) Right? It's going to take a while, but you want to know what it's going to take? For us to help one another, grace and mercy. (laughs) This frees us up from having to do everything perfectly. Sometimes we think grace and mercy like allows sin. Instead, no, it allows us to follow. 
Like it allows us to not be perfect in our followership. Like I can really go out there and love and reach out and, and, and serve and I can do it and mess up. And be like, oh, it's, it's cool, dude. It's all right. Come on. Come on. Grace and mercy. Let's, come, let's do that together. It's going to take a little bit of time for that. But that's the beautiful thing. Isn't that the perfect mechanism that God put in? He's like, it's going to take time. And here's how it's going to work. Y'all, as you grow, we're going to all give grace and mercy to one another that God has given us. There's no better learning environment than that. It's perfect. I mean, just to look at that, you go, wow, God is so awesome that he built it this way.